Hi there, and welcome back to I Hadn't Considered That. I am your host, Vanessa Tori. This week, we have such a fun conversation, and I have to tell you that I don't think that there has been a single time that I've recorded this podcast that the guest is not already somebody that I'm completely and totally in love with. But if they are not, by the time that I'm done recording the podcast, they are absolutely one of my favorite people and I'm totally in love with them. And this week's guest is absolutely no exception to that. I am talking today with an amazing woman named Lily Bewley. And I will tell you guys that this woman does such an amazing job showing up into her space as she is. And it comes across as just the most authentic warmness. Like you can feel it when she's talking to you. And I love people like that, especially when they are bringing to the world such amazing lessons about being yourself, owning yourself, and then going forth into the world so that other people can receive all of that beauty from you. She's incredible. And of course, she's talking about one of the subjects that I know we talk about a lot that is still so connected to me because I am always growing and evolving in this space. And we are talking about dating today. And specifically, we're talking about dating when your intention is to find epic love and bring that into your realm and how we go ahead and do that and what some of our obstacles are. She does some incredible work with some archetypes that we get into. But I will tell you, before I give you all of the deets about this woman, one of the things that she says in the podcast is about being magnetic. And one of her archetypes is the magnetic woman. And you'll hear us talk all about what that means and her experiences with that. But I will tell you, we recorded this podcast probably about a week and a half ago. So I've been really able to sit with the information and absorb it. And so one of the things that I have been really working on in my own personal growth journey is trying to really get in tune with who I am, what I want, what I need, and being unflinchingly unmoving in that. And Lily and I really kind of dial into that in this conversation. So it's really been sort of at the front of my brain. And one of the things that she talks about with being the magnetic woman is this experience that she has with people that are sort of drawn to her. And I was doing some reflection today and I have been seeing some of that in my life where I have been really working hard to align what I'm putting into the world, especially in a dating space and letting the world sort of come back to me with that interpretation of what my wants and needs look like. And so I have just felt like in the last week or two, whether it's from friends or people that I know, or even complete strangers. I went to a concert this weekend and I was wearing like this sort of sweater wrap thing that um, I love just because I had to stay warm. We were up in the mountains and the number of people that came up to me and complimented me on it. And it wasn't just that they liked the wrap, they complimented the wrap, but they complimented me and how I looked pretty or I looked cute or I just, my vibe was fun, whatever it was. And it was really wonderful. And I hadn't really thought about it until I was thinking today, connecting back to this podcast about everything that Lily talks about with energy. And so there are some lessons in here, and I hope that you have an amazing experience in connecting to that, where you can have some of this just kind of permeate into your life in this most effortless way. And I will tell you, 
This is a great podcast. Even if you're not dating, this is definitely geared towards single people and bringing into your life what you are wanting and what you're needing. But she also talks a lot about being in a relationship and being open and honest and communicative about what you want and what you need from that relationship so that your partner can determine whether or not they're in a space to be able to give that to you and you can work together on your growth. So it's really, really inspiring. And uh, I absolutely loved it and loved getting an opportunity to get to know Lily better. So just a little bit more information about Lily. Lily Bewley is a feminine dating coach for finding love with over 10 years of experience in personal development. She herself went from just surviving in life to thriving in love and purpose. Currently, she is helping women who are single and struggling to date with confidence so that they can find epic, magnetic, extraordinary love with their soulmate. Lily is on a mission to educate people on how dating can be fun again after a divorce or even in their 30s, 40s, 50s, and even if they've been single forever. We have the ability to create magnetic energy in our dating lives, even if we have to perform and be high achievers in other areas of our lives. Over hundreds of coaching hours, her love method for finding epic love and her date to soulmate blueprint, how to attract your dream partner without the drama guide for women to finally find fulfillment and joy in the dating process and in finding their person in the show notes for today's show. There's going to be all the information on how you can connect with Lily and whether it's through social media, going to the website, doing the archetype quiz. So really hope that you can investigate all that she has to offer and enjoy this as much as I did. Well, good morning, Lily. Thank you so much for joining me on the show. Um, I would love for you to be able to tell folks a little bit about yourself, um, what you do, and how you got started doing this. Oh, girl. How long do you have? Um, I got all day. <laughs> um, you know, I always like to start off this, this beginning of this segment saying that I love big. I love big. I have a big heart. I've always had a big heart. And what I do now is I help other people love big too without the pain and without the sacrifice. And um, as you can probably imagine, I got here through trials and tribulations. <laughs> but what I what the main thing of what what I do today and what I teach today, you know, I'm a, I, I'm a dating coach. I work with successful women and help them find love. I have a program that has been honed and um, uh, really chiseled out and modified from my experience of finding epic love and then taking women through a very similar process. Um, <clears throat> but getting here, you know, growing up with a really big heart in a, like a traumatic and abusive environment, putting mm -hmm. myself in traumatic and, and abusive relationship situations. What I realized looking back is that I had no idea how to choose who to, to let into my heart, into my heart space, who to choose, you know, things that, that I wasn't taught. Um, I will say before we kind of get into this, that I realized in analysis of my life, I realized that I learned about, relation about relationships from three different movies. Oh my gosh. Tell me, tell me. <laughs> the first one was basic instinct. I watched probably, I've watched basic, in, right. 
there was a look there was of horror. A, yeah, there was a look of horror, look on of horror. face. <clears throat> I watched probably when I was in my te- teenagers, I watched Basic Instinct probably about a hundred times with one, with my friends. And so I learned with Basic Instinct, you know, not having these skills at home, you know, not learning about how to to choose who to let into my life and my energy and my sphere. For Basic Instinct, I learned about how to be sexy, how to be dangerous, how to be, um, you know, that what a, a woman should be this like dangerous, sexy creature. And just, you know, that's how I learned how to be sexy, really. The other, the second movie I learned about um, relationships with pretty woman, you know, like <laughs> love the movie, but I can tell you that the lessons that I learned from it were not very good, <laughs> which is like, you know, this Richard Gere, rich guy coming in on the white horse saving saving the woman from a life of destitution and selling her body and selling herself. So that's where I got this like savior mentality about partners and about love and about relationships. The last one is mind blowing to me when I talk about this because people are like, you know, what, you know, I don't know, it's crazy, but it, Little Mermaid was the last oh. movie that, you know, and Little Mermaid, of course, like Ariel, gives up her voice, which is like the distinguishing characteristic of who we are, how we express ourselves, how we say what we need, what we want, what we don't want. And she gives up her voice for love. And because I didn't have this foundational um, skill, you know, about relationships and about love, um, that is how that I (laughs) pretty much ran my life for three decades until I kind of, I came into this work. I came into this personal development and I went through this process. And now, like I said, I've kind of honed it in and it's just a really dope process of, of um, finding epic love. Oh my God. What an amazing journey. And those three movies, just the combination <laughs> is fascinating, but I have to tell you that I could write volumes about my hatred of the little mermaid mm. specifically because of that. Like when it first came out and I was a teenager. I thought it was so cute and romantic. And then you revisit some of these Disney movies as an adult. And you're like, what the fuck were we mm-hmm. thinking? Oh my God. And I am a huge proponent of the fact that girls are taught from fairy tales and from all of these romantic stories. And especially even the narrative of all of those movies where the man comes rushing in at the end to save us, or there's the grand romantic gesture with the profession of love mm-hmm. that we we think is this beautiful moment, which is either A, exceptionally creepy, mm-hmm. B, totally toxic, or C, borderline narcissistic. Yeah. But as women, we're trained to think like this is incredible. And I think that my background is very similar to yours. I am twice divorced mm-hmm. and I have gone through a lot, especially in trying to figure out how to choose partners. I speak of my divorces and my relationships as I had a tendency to embrace this othering, very much like Ariel, where I would not find the approval of myself as I was. So I went through this othering to become Mm. something else that received love, that received approval instead of embracing who I was. Mm -hmm. And I've been divorced for five years now, and I have been dating this whole time. And it's not been, as one might say, and and characterized successful. But I don't even know (laughs) if I could define what is successful in dating, right? Like, how do we even define that? What are your thoughts on that? Oh, my gosh, girl. Well, first of all, um, I wanted to touch on what you said about 
about like going back on the movie thing, you know, what else we, we don't see is like, we don't really see, like we see like the good things of the courting process. Like we see the good things. And we also don't see what happens after they end up getting together. You know, all of the trials and all the stuff that, that, that we have to go through that is, can be really healing in nature, you know? And I think that there, I think this is something, one of my biggest values, Vanessa, really is talking about things that people don't talk about. And um, I think one of the things that people don't talk about is that there is a deep part of us that knows that like an epic love relationship, a magnetic relationship, an extraordinary relationship is going to be healing, so deeply healing in a place where we cannot touch. Like we can't do it on our own. Our parents can't do it on our own. Our friends can't do it on our own. And I think that's part of, if I, you know, if I could be really direct, I think that's part of the drive to have love, right? Is because we know, we know it, like whether we know it explicitly or implicitly or whatever, that a relationship like that is going to be deeply, deeply, deeply healing for us um, in our heart, in our soul, in our spirit. So I just wanted to say that for some reason it came up. But I think like going back to what your question was, which is about a successful dating relationship or or experience. Um, man, <laughs> there is, you know, it's this there's so much out there about like dating sucks. Even, you know, like even I used to be this person, you know, complaining about dating, complaining about men in particular, complaining about um, why does this, this have to suck? I went through what I call the delete and download cycle on the apps probably like a thousand times before I met. Yeah. I, yeah, I know I'm speaking to a lot of women out there before I met my epic love. Right. And I don't, I, a successful dating experience for me is an aligning experience, um, is an experience where we are very clear about who we are, what we want, what our desires are, what our dreams are. And I hate to say it, but it's more than just putting on your profile, honesty and communication, um, communication and honesty. You know, I think communication and honesty is just a basic that's basic, you know, basic tenant for being a good human. Um, I'm, I'm playing around with actually doing a workshop here, uh, like a, a full day virtual workshop where I show my dating profile, um, that has brought like ridiculous matches, you know, into, into my inbox, like, you know, actors and all these crazy things, which really doesn't matter, but the types of person, people, the type of men that were coming to me were very emotionally available. I think because of the energy that I was putting out there, does that make sense? Yeah, so, absolutely. So like for me, like going back to your question, like success, like a successful dating experience for me is an aligning experience, right? Um, it's instead of overthinking, it's like self-coaching, right? Instead of um, not knowing really what's going to happen or, or not being able to, to say um, no, you know, say yes when you mean no, no, or say no when you mean yes is um, saying that with kindness and with love and with, um, um, with this like energy of alignment, which men can feel, people can feel, you know, people can feel that stuff. I can tell you that when I went through my dating process with my epic love, every time that I spoke up for what I needed and what I wanted, he celebrated that. And oh, that, I love it. 
that, you know, that was a complete disconfirming experience for me. But that's how I realized that every time, and he still does that to this day. Um, and not every man is going to do that. But what happens is, is you start to learn that you start to be okay with people dropping away, right? Instead of being angry, you know, you start to be okay with people, um, you know, allowing men to show up for us or to not show up for us. And then, you know, dropping away and not being frustrated. It's this process of, I think, like coming into alignment of who we are, our dreams, our wants and desires, being able to express that mess. Like sometimes it's going to be messy. At the beginning for me, it was really, really messy and I felt very uncomfortable. But as I started to do it, it started to feel good, you know, and then those people, those, those people, those aligned matches really started to show up and started to come, come forward. Does that make sense? No, it absolutely makes sense. Because I think that there is something that is very strong and powerful in A, knowing what we want, B, putting it out there and C, reinforcing it over and over again and not backing down from it and not settling for less than that. And I had seen, I believe on Instagram, where you had made that statement about men stop putting this in your dating profile of the two things that are the hallmark of a relationship and it's honesty and communication. I believe what you had said was that these are the bare minimums. The, that is a, it, that's not a quality. That is an absolute non-starter. And it was interesting because I had, when I saw that I had just um, gone through sort of a breakup and I was contemplating whether or not I wanted to give dating another go. Usually I give myself a dating break if I'm seeing someone and it doesn't go anywhere or it ceases to be. I just kind of check in with myself. And so I had decided to get back on the dating apps. And after I'd seen that, I was almost mildly annoyed, right? <laughs> through profile after profile. And I ended up deleting the dating apps. It was shortly after the whole Roe v. Wade thing. I was just overwhelmed anyway. Mm -hmm. But I'm looking through all of these dating profiles and they are like cut and paste. It was the same thing mm. over and over again. Yeah, it everyone was, loves tacos. Oh my God. Like, and, and please, please, for those of you that are out there listening that are single and have dating profiles, have some sort of level of originality that everybody loves tacos. <laughs> Your ideal Sunday gentleman should be more than getting up, going to the gym, and then watching football because that to me is wholly uninteresting. Right. I don't I don't want to know that you're watching football on Sunday. That's like what 70% yeah. of America's probably doing. Right? Like look, you got nothing more yeah. than that. Wait, yeah, I mean, look, here's the thing. This is one of the biggest things that I had to learn about my dating experience is yes, it's annoying. Yes, we see patterns. Yes, um, you know, I have an archetype, we can talk about this, of course, called the fortress woman who is like really, really quick to like to, to judge, um, really quick to break it off, really quick to, you know, I used to be the fortress woman. When I was a fortress woman, if if they got a punctuation wrong, I would do it out, you know, like oh, deleted. I used to be that girl. Deleted, <laughs> deleted. But look, here, I mean, I want to say this because I think this is important. Yes, it's annoying, but you know, maybe that, that level, maybe that's not your man, you know, even, you know, like even those patterns that we see football and tacos and blah, 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 and all this stuff, maybe that's not your man. And one of the things that I had to 
really, really heal, one of the last things that I had to heal was this idea of perfectionism and control. Mm. I had to heal that I wasn't looking for someone like me. I was looking for a man to enhance me. And it didn't have to be me, right? You know, and that was a real, that's like, Vanessa, give me the space and I'll go deep. And that's where we're at. We are in the deep end right now. And that's deep, right? Because we have to have, we have to be whole and it's more than just self-love. So I just want to say that we could talk about that. We have to be whole, aligned, free, secure within ourselves in order to let someone else be who they are. And if, you know, that is the experience that I've gone through as I've like, you know, dove deeper into this epic love relationship. It's time and time again, it's how do I stay, stay in myself, not sacrifice who I am, not sacrifice my values and let this man be who he is. Let him give him the space to show up, give him the space to show his value, you know, men will, <clears throat> the way that they, I feel like the way that they show love, show love is by presence, but presence takes time, especially in dating, right? So yes, the tacos and the patterns and all this stuff is annoying. And maybe that's just not your man. Maybe you want some, you know, like maybe you want something deeper, which I do, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, like one of the things I'll give, you know, a pointer that I normally don't give, this is kind of where the conversation has gone to. But check your energy. Like, you know, matches are formed through energy. You know, the the man that I'm with right now saw me, and he said this to me, saw me as a magnet. He said, these were his words to me. And he does not even know about the magnetic woman, which is who I teach, you know, who I teach, you know, women to be, right? Mm-hmm. So the point of that is that it's the matches, like this epic love, it's about energy. So check your energy when you're on apps. Are you angry? Are you frustrated? Are you at a stoplight scrolling? Are you bored, right? So if, and I don't want to put this intention on anyone, but if you want epic love or magnetic love or extraordinary love relationships and you are on the apps, which I love the apps and I can tell you why if you're interested, but check your energy before you're, you're there. Are you looking for, what do you, you know, are you looking for someone to validate you? Are you looking for, yeah, right? And people don't think about this. I used to scroll this stoplight all the time. I'm just bored. Let's just do this. And that that takes you down a road of not goodness. <laughs> Absolutely. So I want to touch on something that, a term that you keep using, and I want you to introduce it a little bit more. Hmm. So, because I want the listeners to really kind of understand what the intention is behind the the, the use of the phrase, which is epic love. Mm. So tell me what epic love means to you when you say that you found your epic love or you talk about a seeking epic love. What is epic love to you? <sighs> no words. <laughs> tell, you know, all feeling. I know it's um. so. I can tell you what I what I what it's not. You know, I can say a lot about what it's sure. not. Um, so a lot of us like I was the the relationship dynamic that I was modeled was a very submissive dominant relationship where the woman yeah and I grew up in the south you know where where there's a lot of you know that type of cultural stuff there and so that was you know that was what I thought that I had to be so that was my that was my upbringing 
some people were, you know, some of my clients, for example, grew up in, um, you know, like roommate situation relationships, 50-50 dynamic relationships, um, where, you know, the rela- relationship is really just a function. You know, it's really just a maybe a means to an end or, you know, pay the bills or raise the kids and all that stuff, which is hard, right? Like, obviously, that's a, that's a huge, that's a whole other conversation. Um, but for me, epic love, it's like, it's more than attraction. It's a magnetic, um, a magnetic relationship where there is, it's more about enhancement and fulfillment. You know, it's more about the foundation that the two entities work together on up-leveling the relationship. You know, the relationship rises, the relationship grows, the relationship, um, uh, you know, there's deep reverence for this sacred container, this sacred union. Um, and it's rare, you know, it, it is rare, but I think it's, it's happening, you know, in the next 10 years, it is happening. I believe it. That's what I'm here for. My, you know, like the universe gave me this goal of helping 1 million people find love. And so I'm, I want to be part of this, you know, part of this revolution. But I think people really, they want to heal. Like there is this, like I said, I think that there's a deep, deep part of us that knows that a relationship like this will, will bring fulfillment and enhancement, not only to ourselves, but the way that we go out in the world, you know, our, our purpose our business, our money, the way we spend our money, the way we interact with people on the street. This is like, for me, it's like a huge, you know, it's just like this huge, big thing. But when it comes to like to this, you know, a personal relationship, it's a relationship, um, you know, a, like a deep reverence, a deep connection, like a sacred union. Beautiful. Beautiful. I think that that's what most people would probably say that they're looking for. I mean, I understand that there are some people out there that really just don't date intentionally and because that's not their place. And I'm a big, mm-hmm. I'm a big proponent of let people date however they want to date with whatever intention in mind, as long as they're honest and open with other people that they're seeing what they're looking for at the time. So if you're a woman that just kind of wants to meet people, make friends, have experiences, and you're not really looking for anything that has that level of deep connection, that's totally fine. No one's going to judge you for that. It's just a requirement to be open with the people that you see to say, I'm not looking for anything major right now, which of course, I think a lot of people would tell you that's exactly how you find people that are are your, your major person. Um, one of the things that you talked about was this idea of sort of that, that loss of self. And I, I feel like that is a very feminine trait mm. that I think that that is something that as women, we are taught when we grow up. And it goes back to what we were talking about earlier with the idea of the little mermaid is that in a romantic sense, in a familial sense, in a relationship sense, women are raised to be small. They are, are raised to be quiet. And we are raised to think that our needs are less important than our partners, Mm. right? It goes back to when we become mothers or we become wives. One of the greatest compliments that we can receive is, oh, gosh, my my wife is just so selfless, which is a horrible compliment because it's basically commending us on removing our sense of self from our bodies in order to 
please and perform for those around us. And I, I don't necessarily hold space for that. I think that we need to be very much aware of ourselves. And I think that, again, that's a very feminine trait, which I, I would love to kind of dovetail that into some of the work that you're doing about these different feminine mm. archetypes mm. where folks can go to your website and we'll have all of the links in the show notes so that people can go and check that out and take a short quiz. It's super fun to find out what their feminine archetype is to figure out how they're dating mm -hmm. to kind of help develop a plan for what they do next. Tell me about how the feminine archetype came to be. Um, how many are there and, and how can women utilize that in order to date better? Oh, goodness. Um, yeah, everything you said, there's a lot of things that I, that I really, um, I really love what you said right there. I do want to say before we get into that, that this please and perform thing is almost an epidemic um, with successful women. And I want to say that because it's important. Um, you know, for me, I the only way that I could get love for decades was to please and perform, literally. I call it my love tank. My love tank had holes in it because it was, I mean, it was flimsy. And I was, but I got really, really good at pleasing and performing. Um, you know, the um, master's degrees, you know, um, trophies, top of the top of the list at work, you know, boardroom, all of that stuff. And what I want to like, here's, here's, here's the kicker. Most women that I work with now are successful, right? They are, they are really, really good, just like me of, of pleasing and performing. And the hard part is, is that love tends to be for these women kind of like an afterthought. And if, they realize that they do want, you know, this epic love or this long-term committed relationship. The difficult thing is all of those, th the, all of that energy, all of those things that have gotten them to this place of, um, of success is not the same energy that brings in love. And that is the hard part. These are, mm -hmm. I mean, literally it's a skill that we have never learned. And that is that is the value I feel like that I bring to um, to my coaching containers and to the world really is is this this idea of you're dope, you're amazing, you deserve, you know, you don't have to give up on love because it's not working, but maybe there's a better way. So I just want to say that I feel like that's important because I feel like, you know, women, especially women like like us, for example, that are successful um, <clears throat> you know, not being seen and heard in relationships in particular is something that people don't talk about. It's an epidemic, really. Right. And mm -hmm. so I see you. I love you. If you're out there, mm. you know? Yeah. 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 I think True. that there's, when you say that the traits don't necessarily translate, there's, there's definitely the pleasing and performing that I know I've done in mm -hmm. order. I mean, I've worked in male dominated environments mm -hmm. almost my entire career. Same. And so I either had to do one of two things. I either had to do the pleasing and the performing, or I had to dial way far into my masculine energy yeah. mm -hmm. in order to match what my coworkers were bringing to the table in order to compete with that. Mm -hmm. So that what I went through, I would say about three months ago, after having left my corporate job where I no longer had to be the person in the boardroom and have that identity 
oh my God, Lily, I went through like an identity crisis mm-hmm. where it was like, what, what am I going to do with myself? Who am I now yes. that I don't have to perform and I don't have to be something that other people are expecting me to be? And man, that was really, really difficult. And one of the things that that really keyed into was I had to do some exploration of my feminine self. Mm-hmm. And I had to find a way to heal and let go of the masculine energy that has sort of dominated my space for such a long time and bring in the feminine energy and be okay with it and not see it as weakness mm-hmm. or to not see it as less than. I mean, Lily, you should see over there. I have got the most beautiful pink velvet couch you will ever see. <laughs> yes. And that was like me wading into my feminine. So good. Oh, it's so great. So I love any discussion about the feminine energy mm-hmm. and any sort of way that women can tap into that, understand it and appreciate it and not see it as something that is less than or demeaning. So how yeah. did you come up with the different archetypes? Yeah. Um, so, oh man, the archetypes literally, <laughs> well, through decades of experience, first of all, and then, you know, I started to, you know, I'm a very like patterns oriented person, like you know, if anyone any out there knows about codependency, codependency is about recognizing patterns. And I've actually used those, that skill that I learned um, <laughs> that was bad and turned it into good. Because what I started to do was, was recognize patterns in my life, right? That's where it started. And then I started to work with clients about dating. And I'm like, yo, I went through the same exact process. Like this, these, like these stages that we can touch on and, and people can find, you know, what their archetype is at datingarchetype.com. Um, what I started to realize was very similar stages that women would go through, especially in the dating process. And then after I did that, what I started to realize, you know, I will say this too, I'm a coach, I'm not a therapist, but I, I am, you know, I am trained and up to date in therapeutic modalities, right? So I'm not a therapist. I just want to say that, um, nor am I a doctor not a doctor of love, but, um, <laughs> um, so if anyone's familiar with therapeutic modalities out there, you know, there are five like really foundational things that I started to learn about the nervous system, about, um, neuroscience, about, um, um, you know, the internal environment that we have within ourselves. Right. And then I just started to pull it apart and apply those modalities into dating. And so that that was a combination of kind of those three pillars of where these archetypes came from. And then, you know, universe or God or whatever it was like, snap, like, Lily, this is it. Like, this is what people need to hear. Um, Because the hard thing about dating is everyone has an opinion. And if we are not, if we are not within ourselves, like what you were talking about, Vanessa, we are not within ourselves. If we are not whole, if we are not clear, if we are not aligned then all of those opinions, and I'm raising my hand because this was hard for me. People would tell me, my friends and family, go just go out there and have fun. Lily cannot just go out there and have fun. Nope, neither can Vanessa. She's not that girl. Yeah. (laughs) And I feel it like it's a lot of women, you know, and and what you said too is that, you know, you said be open and honest with with people. I say be open and honest with yourself. You know, you know, is you know, a, a friends with benefits situation really, really the best idea for you. I argue for most people that it's not, and people will, will stand on their, you know, they'll stand stand on the, their pillars and they'll say, well, this is what I want. My highest self says, I don't know if that's true. Right. So, mm-hmm. and that's going to be challenging for some people here. And I understand, but anyways, going back to the, the archetypes, God is like, 
or universities like this is this is something here. And so I like I started to kind of piece it together, right? So the chill woman, which is you, Vanessa. That's me. <laughs> Tell me about that. Because I saw that word and I'm just like, do I like that? I don't know what that means. Well, let me just say that all of this will be slightly triggering. And what <laughs> I what I love about this is that when I love triggers personally, because what it really is, is it's really just like a signpost to something that is really, really deeply important to you and something that needs to heal. That's it. I love right? a good holy shit moment. Yeah. So bring it on. <laughs> Give it to me. Give it to me. Well, I mean, you know, uh, so the chill woman is, she is familiar with the overwhelming and anxiety in dating, especially like the overthinking, you know, the overthinking can be big, um, especially 24 or 48 hours after not hearing from someone. So like, if like you, you know, on the apps, it's pretty common. I feel like to like, you know, have a great conversation and maybe like stay up a little too late and, you know, we're texting and it's fun and it's funny or whatever. And then nothing. Right. So yep. between that time, between that really great conversation or maybe going out on a date and having a really good time and not hearing from him, it's like overwhelming anxiety central, like can't stop thinking about it, all of that stuff. Um, sometimes the chill woman tends to have sex a lot quicker than she wants to. Or she'll convince her, again, we're talking about like convincing herself that she, that she's okay with it. Um, mm -hmm. Even though maybe she goes into it like, oh, I'm not going to do this, or I'm only going to do this, go this far, but it ends up just kind of exploding in her face, literally and figuratively. Um, she has, she says yes to men who just want to hang out or just want to chill instead of, you know, um, Maybe saying like, I've said this before, which I, you know, like I've, I've put this in one of my Facebook groups is that, you know, when I'm, when men would come to me and like, oh, let's hang out. And I was like, I don't hang out. I date with intention. And for me, like just saying that <laughs> was powerful. Right. So yeah. like the chill woman maybe hasn't form that skill yet or maybe hasn't been very clear about oh you know this is what I want like like maybe she wavers in between like oh I can have a friends with benefits situation but oh I want I want epic love and there's this like constant like pendulum between like oh you know the conversation inside of herself yeah that, that well that definitely <laughs> sounds like me um and I'm and it's one of those things like that's something that I try and work on to get past is that it is um I feel like there is that knowing in yourself of this is this is what I want. This is what I'm leaning toward. And I think that some of the behaviors that we exhibit, and in my case, it has been um, sort of diminishing my needs in a relationship and what I'm actually looking for as a means of protection. Mm. And that's sort of the, you know, if I, if I say I don't want that, then I'm not going to be disappointed when I don't get it. So that mm. if I say, but now I'm in this space where it's just, I've become really good at being alone mm -hmm. that I would rather, I'd rather be by myself on a Saturday night and do something that I enjoy than to be with somebody who's not enjoying my company on a level that I want to be enjoyed and whose company I'm not enjoying on that same level mm -hmm. where there is, as you know, as you say, that, that sort of alignment. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, there's a lot of work in getting past those patterns there. Yeah, there is. And, you know, 
one of the things that I, I we work on when when women come into my container is what I call something um, called dating filters and dating guidelines, and they're all unique. So one of the biggest things I the biggest gripes I think that I have about the dating guru space or whatever is <laughs> Vanessa's eyes just got big. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> the dating guru space is this idea of um, first of all, it's very outside focused, right? It's like, oh, you know, the man is thinking this, try to, you know, try to like do say this. So he's not thinking this or, you know, whatever. It's very outside focused. It's annoying because if we are constantly trying to intuit what people want or what people are trying to say, that is going to be the foundation of your life and your relationship, which, which is bullshit. You know, like it's Mm -hmm. just straight BS. Um, And the other thing I think that that the gurus miss is that this blanket idea of of what to put on your profile or this blanket idea of what like how how things are supposed to happen or, um, you know, these rules about like don't text within 24 hours or whatever. I don't even look at that stuff anymore, honestly, but I probably should read up on what's out there right now, but all these rules, these blanket statements and blanket rules, they, if they aren't in, if they aren't in you, then they aren't you. Right. And so what I, what I love about what I do and what I do with women is that we come to these, what I call dating filters and dating guidelines, and they're all unique. They're, you know, they're like, it's like Vanessa, well, how do you feel after 24 hours of not hearing from someone, right? Um, I don't feel great. You know, I'm just, I'm ad-libbing here, but I don't feel great. Well, okay. So how can you ask for something that you want to make you feel a little bit better about the situation, right? Or something like that. So it's like this Mm -hmm. work that people don't do. They don't say, they don't talk about. It's not like having an epic love relationship, again, for most people is not a skill that we have acquired, but it is a skill that we can develop right? Is that to communicate about this. So yeah, those, like I said, the filters and guidelines, especially for the chill woman are the path, Mm -hmm. (laughs) the highway. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's a great resource to have, to be able to understand that archetype and understand that what works for one archetype is not going to work for another. And that goes back to the idea of, of the knowing yourself And knowing how you show up in the energy that you put out there, because I have the same problem with a lot of the dating gurus. And again, their eyes getting wide is that it is so prescriptive. Mm -hmm. And I'm just, I'm not a very prescriptive person as it is. And so I'm a big fan of trying to figure out what they are. I write a lot about dating and relationships myself. And one of the things that I try and tell people is I believe that we should have dating rules. I really do. And this is something as trying to not be the, the chill archetype Mm -hmm. is that I have realized that I have to put rules in place for me. I kind of call them my standard operating procedure. Mm, This is what I do. And it does not change from person to person. This is my SOP for me, how I behave in any relationship, regardless of whether it is platonic or romantic. But what my rules are, are going to be very different from the rules that you have, because our boundaries are not the same. And rules and boundaries are not the same. For me, my rules are the gatekeeper to the boundaries. 
Mm. Right. The the boundaries are the hard line of what is acceptable behavior for me to exhibit and what behavior I can't have people exhibit toward me. The rules are the gatekeeper for me to do the litmus test of does this align with my boundaries or does it not? Mm-hmm. And so the more that we can dial into how we show up, that's why I really I love the work with the archetype because it really just kind of gets to the point where we can do the analysis. And you're right. It is really hard, I think, to see some of that, to say, ah, oh, shit, God, I do that. And I don't want to do that. And I think that where the triggering moment benefits us is to say, I want to release myself from that. Mm-hmm. That is not, when you hear that back, you're like, that is not who I want to be. I, I am at this point in my life. I mean, damn it, Lily, I'm too old to not date with intention. Like, I mean, <laughs> you would it, think it is just... Right. And it's just like, I am, I am over that. Like I'm, that's just, that's not, that's not in my space right now. Um, So I guess one of the last things that I kind of want to touch on is you had, you had said that you, you love the dating apps. Um, I have a very love hate relationship with them. Um, I do the download and delete. And the reason I do the download and delete is it, it connects into something that you said is that if I find that I'm not using them intentionally. If I find that I'm frustrated or overwhelmed or angry, and sometimes I just get plain angry at them. Yeah. Then that is a clue to me that I need to, I need to back off and I need to be doing something else with my time because putting that energy out there is not doing anything for me. So what I'd love to sort of end on is any sort of thoughts that you may have for folks that have gotten to the point where they dislike them completely because it is really hard to meet somebody in real life organically. I've, I tried it for nine months and it was, it was difficult. Um, so what sort of thoughts can we leave on to help people to more intentionally use that sort of online space? Yeah. Thanks for that. Cause I feel like people don't really talk about this a lot. Look, I'm not, you know, the delete and download cycle is really, it's a pattern, right? It's a cycle. And if someone is going through that, which is everyone, and that's single, <laughs> unless you're the fortress woman and just have, you know, are just want to live. The fortress woman is one of my archetypes and she just, you know, she, she's good alone, but only because she's walled up her heart and she can't let any love in. So that's another okay. thing. But, um, So if you're going through the delete and download cycle, it's not a bad thing, right? Like I never want to, like you said, prescriptive, what a great word. I never want to prescribe that you have, people have to be on the apps, right? Like it's, it's, I feel like people do kind of feel that way, which is again, like this energy thing, right? Like, um, what I can say is I can give my experience with the apps and this is why I love the apps is because the apps allowed me to practice all of the work that I had done on myself. Like I don't work, I don't work really with women anymore who haven't been in coaching or therapy or who haven't really done some personal development, um, maybe like a a good foundation of six months or more of personal development by, by themselves. So what I love about the apps is they are this, they are a very, healing and they can be a very healing and learning experience. When I was on the apps, I had a system. Mm. I had a system and, um, systems, you know, this is probably a whole other podcast, but systems for me are 
like you're talking about your SOP. I, I use the same term. My SOP were my systems. And so I had a system on the apps that I figured out how long, you know, I would time myself. Like what I would check first, check my energy, make sure that that was good before I got on the apps. And if it wasn't, I didn't get on them. Right. I would check my energy on, okay, how long am I swiping to? I, do I start to leave myself? Do I get bored? Do I start thinking? Do I start overthinking? Do I start um, really honing in on this one person and think he's hot and get excited because then I'm outside of myself again, right? So I'm really, really intentional about checking my my whole being and my whole energy when I when I'm going through this process. And through that time, and I do this in my like in my containers, I help people date, like literally, because we start to become aware of what what's like what's your system? Like how I would only talk to one man every day in that system. Right. And, and Mm -hmm. if you're like me, you know, some, some women experience, like there's just too much, too much to keep up with too many chats or whatever. Um, you know, that combined with my filters and guidelines that I come up with myself, it made it a very easy experience for me. I didn't waste my time going out on apps, uh, or sorry, going out on dates that I, that it, you know, it was going to be a crapshoot. Like I knew going into a date that I was going to meet somebody physically, whether like there was potential or there was not, if it was a maybe or a yes, it was okay. But mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's like, a, it could be a whole other podcast or whatever, but yeah. you know, like, um, so that foundation was very important for me, like finding, finding that system for me. And that's what I do in my containers. It was made it easier, not as stressful, not as frustrating. And I want to like, I want to leave with this, that there is hope. I love, I love my experience on the apps because I believe 1000% that it prepared me to meet my epic love in real life. Beautiful. And when, when people say it'll happen when you least expect it, I don't believe that. I don't either. I want you who's listening, everyone to expect epic love. But the only way that I was ready when he appeared in my life was through the experiences. Yes, the triggering experiences. Yes, all of that stuff through. I learned everything, not everything, but I learned a lot through those experiences in in the dating apps. And that prepared me for an epic love relationship that I met in real life. And one of one of the one of just an amazing thing that happened between he and I um, was at, at the very beginning of our relationship where, you know, one of the last archetype, the fourth archetype is the archetype I teach about, which is the magnetic woman. Right. Is being a magnet to all the good shit, all of the enhancement, all the fulfillment, you know, no more sacrificing, but but open heart with a filter on it, you know, open heart and and knowing, being very, very discerning about who is good for you and who is not being able to express what our needs and wants and desires are, are because we know in our bodies that we know and people can, people, men and people can feel that. Um, he, you know, I'll just give this because this can happen. And that's why I said, I want, I want to give hope okay. is we went to Trader Joe's one day and I'm sure you, this happens to you, Vanessa, and this happens to other women out there that are listening. Cause I know, you know, women that are listening are all about personal development, but 
when we were in Trader Joe's and you know how like people can feel your aura and they can feel your vibe and all that stuff. And, um, women, you know, people come up to you. Oh, I love this. I love your hair. I love your nails. I love your outfit. You know, all those people are attracted to you or right. to me and you. Um, and this had become, you know, commonplace for me and it surprised me at one point in my life, but now it's just normal. So we're new in this relationship. We're out of Trader Joe's. We're in Trader Joe's for 15 minutes. And that happens. Like three women come up to me and they're like, you're beautiful. All this stuff. I love your nails. All your, you know, I love everything and all this stuff. It's beautiful. Right. He's observing this. Right. He doesn't know. We don't really know each other that well. He's observing this and he comes up behind me. He's tall. He comes up behind me, leans down and he whispers in my ear, you are a magnet. Oh. And after I picked myself up off the floor of Trader Joe's because I melted and my body just completely like exploded, the thing that I want to give hope about is that there are men out there that will see you. He saw me for who I was at my core, at my core. He didn't know, he didn't know about the magnetic woman, which is what I teach, which is like crazy, like mind blowing, but it is possible. But the only way that we can get to that point is if we have some foundational elements that we have to, you know, we talk about healing, we have to heal, we have to have these kind of like, you know, messy types of experiences in the dating process in order to get to that point. Absolutely. We can't be seen for who we are if we're not showing up as who we are. Totally. 100,000%. Yes. Yeah. So let's all work on showing up exactly as we are, <sighs> which is yeah. scary and vulnerable and terrifying, it but it's also, it's exhilarating. And that's what I'm exploring right now. And it's, it's super fun. And I, yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely extra and I'm a little <laughs> silly and goofy and all over the board. <laughs> I mean, Jesus, go to the farmer's market with me for like five minutes. And you're like, Jesus Christ, woman, what the hell? But I love it. I live my life in an incredibly fun way. And I always tell people like, look, it's a party in here mm -hmm. and either you can come to the party or you can stay home. I advise you come to the party, but whatever happens, the party's going to go on whether you show up or not. <laughs> so I'm just bringing that into the world. Love it. Lily, thank you so much oh, for spending the morning with me. This is amazing. Um, listeners go to the show notes. We're going to have all of Lily's information in there. One of the things that I love is Lily's Instagram because she posts quick videos, just little snippets of information. It is incredible and it is filled with aha moments and you're going to learn a lot just through that. And that's one of the ways that I've just kind of gotten a whole brain full of ideas and tips and things that I know that I need to work on. So I encourage you to explore that. And Lily, Lily, thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Vanessa. I appreciate you so much. Thank you so much for joining us today. New episodes launch every Monday, so I hope you'll be back. If you enjoyed this podcast, there's several ways to show your support. First, by rating the podcast and leaving a review, you help others to find great content. Second, if you're looking for further connection, consider becoming a patron of the podcast, where you'll have a fun and interesting way to connect with others and even get more information on perspectives and things you may not have considered. Lastly, please share this podcast with a friend. The number one way that podcasts reach more people is through sharing and word of mouth. I appreciate you and your beautiful open mind. See you soon.